You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the October 2020 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team, so we spend our days helping students choose the best coding boot camps for them. But each month, we round up all of the most interesting boot camp industry news, all the new schools and fundraises, and uh, we talk about it in the Course Report office, and then we share it with you. And before we dive into October news, we've actually got some exciting news of our own. Course Report just released, as in today, our 2020 Best Coding Bootcamps list. Yes, this was an especially tough decision this year because there are so many great boot camps doing really important work, but we narrowed it down to the top 54 schools that we would recommend to our friends. And these are all over the world, and they're teaching coding in uh, in in-person classrooms in the U.S. and abroad. Of course, you should still be reading reviews, visiting the classrooms when possible, and researching job outcomes. But this list can be a really useful tool in creating your shortlist as you search for the best boot camp for you. So we'll put a link to that list in this October roundup. Yes. So congrats to those 54 schools. And Jess, what else are we going to cover in October's episode of the podcast? So we're going to start with a couple of bootcamp adjacent fundraises, and then we're really going to focus on a bunch of stories about workforce development. Yes, so much about workforce development. We'll also cover a bunch of really cool scholarship opportunities in the bootcamp world and an update from Dominican University and Make School. And of course, we'll tell you about the 10 new coding bootcamps that we added to the course report directory this October. So let's start off with the fundraises and leadership changes that we saw this month. Jess, who raised $12 million in October? So even with the labor market and higher ed reeling right now, we continue to see online learning platforms that deliver tech skills in high demand. This month, EdSurge reports that Austin, Texas-based startup Podium Education announced $12 million in Series A funding. Podium Education just launched early this year, as in January 2020, and it has already partnered with over 20 colleges to offer its online learning taught by industry professionals. Sounds like a trilogy competitor. Uh, And then Codebox has appointed a new co-founder and chief strategy officer, Meg Charles. Codebox, as you know, is based in Canada, but they've actually got some campuses around the U.S. as well. And Meg is an experienced angel investor, a global corporate attorney, and an executive. So welcome, Meg, to the bootcamp world. And this month, we saw that technology workforce development company, Pluralsight, acquired Develop Intelligence, which provides instructor-led consulting and training services for IT teams. This acquisition promises to broaden Pluralsight's tech courses and corporate training opportunities. So we've been talking pretty extensively in these episodes over the last six months about new workforce development partnerships, uh, covering a lot of 
thought pieces about how boot camps can be a part of the economic recovery process in America and how the workforce development model can help get them there. We actually think that this is so interesting that we just published a blog post that basically rounds up all of the coolest workforce development grants, partnerships, and dollars that are available to boot campers in the U.S. by state. So that should be interesting, not only to folks in the industry, but also to students who are just looking for scholarships or money to cover their education uh, you know, tuition. So check that one out. But this October, we continued to read and talk about news around workforce development as well. So Jess, what does EdSurge say about this K-shaped economic recovery that they're predicting in the U.S.? So earlier this year, when people were trying to understand what kind of recession we were looking at due to the pandemic, researcher and writer Peter Atwater came up with the theory that we're looking at a K-shaped economic recovery. It's K-shaped because those benefiting from the pandemic and with economic means are experiencing a quicker bounce back and accelerated upward mobility. Everyone else is facing a slower comeback as well as a serious drag on economic opportunities, especially for those who are working in the service sector. This Ed Surge piece points out that education is also deeply affected by this K-shaped recovery, and what we're seeing now disproportionately affects low-income and or at-risk students the most. So if you pull back, Liz, and look at the larger picture with both parents and children being held down by a K-shaped recovery and with limited opportunities for educational and economic advancement, we're potentially seeing this current recession as cementing intergenerational inequalities that have been building up for over the past 40 years. It's not a cheery picture, Liz. Yeah. And when we talk about education, um, like in this Ed Surge article, they're really talking about higher education and that kind of opportunity. But as we know, you know, the lower cost and uh, lower kind of opportunity cost investment of a boot camp is far more accessible to folks who need to redefine their career quickly. And so these workforce development programs are actually a great way to get long-term support to the people who need it. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this right now. And I read about one example of this in the Washington Post this October. So this Washington Post article by Jennifer Miller looks at the risks and rewards of the COVID career makeover, um, a term that I had not heard quite, <laughs> quite so plainly before. But um, I talked to her for this piece, and she also spoke with graduates from Tech Elevator, Tech Talent South, and WinCode. And the WinCode example stood out to me because the student that she highlights, Sarah Salazar, was a server at a restaurant in Miami that shut down during the pandemic. And she got a scholarship that was covered by Career Source South Florida, which is a workforce development organization that partners with WinCode. The whole article is worth reading, but that was just one example of someone who was hit hard by the pandemic and then used workforce development dollars to turn their career around. I just thought that was really cool. USA Today published a piece highlighting unemployment, especially among workers from the service industry, like you just mentioned, Liz. Around 12 million people have contacted their local career centers this year, which is 8.5 million more than last year. Historically, career centers and community colleges have been a key resource for unemployed workers looking to reskill, but the pandemic has disrupted those normal pathways of workforce development. 
So with that in mind, unemployed workers are now pivoting into tech through online digital skills boot camps, as we've seen, like with Coding Dojo and Udemy, um, which are mentioned in this USA Today article. And these programs are often much less expensive and quicker to complete than a college degree. The article mentions that of the 350 students in Coding Dojo's July 2020 cohort, 46% of that cohort reported being affected directly by the pandemic, either through layoffs or and or reduced hours. That is an amazing stat. And here's another program that's lifting up folks who would be facing the bottom leg of that K-shaped recovery that you described, Jess. CNBC covered a workforce development program called Perscolis, which we've actually talked about many times before. They have partnerships with a lot of boot camps. Now they're working with Amazon and their AWS Restart program, which aims to help unemployed and underemployed people, as well as candidates with no tech background or limited experience in, in the traditional job setting. That could be someone like someone with a uh, military service who's re-entering the civilian workforce. Um, and their goal is to help them get entry-level cloud computing jobs when they graduate. So one example that CNBC covered was Jared Gaines, whose career in personal training was put on hold during COVID-19, another one of those service industry or, you know, industries that was definitely affected by COVID-19 across the board. He and his friend applied for Perscolis at the same time and both had zero tech experience, but they did that AWS restart uh, program full-time. They learned about Linux, Python, networking, security, and relational databases. And he just started his first full-time job in the IT field as a customer service analyst at IDBS in Boston. So um, really cool story there, but that Perscolis program is growing and still, you know, accepting applications. So if you're interested in that one, we'll put a link to that application. They just launched in five new cities this week. So definitely an opportunity to look out for. Through Technically Delaware, we heard about another really awesome program, and this one's aimed at helping those unemployed in Delaware right now. So this October, Delaware launched Forward Delaware, which joins together state, business, and education leaders to develop certification programs that take 20 weeks or less to complete. Forward Delaware is funded by the CARES Act, and some of that funding is going to Code Differently, which is a coding education program based in Wilmington, specifically for its Return Ready program. Um, It's a multi-tiered coding camp and job placement program available to adult Delawareans. This Return Ready coding program will offer part-time and full-time courses, and it's completely free for unemployed Delawareans. So if you're interested in applying for this program, we're including the link in our roundup. We'll also include the links to all of these programs in our workforce development piece. They're all like, they, they fit in that piece perfectly. Um, and according to Inside Indiana Business, 1150 Academy is partnering with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation, and it's hiring our Heroes campaign to help train military veterans. We all know 1150. We've talked about them before. They've been around for a while. They're a nonprofit based in Indianapolis that offers coding boot camps, but also trains people in cybersecurity and U.S. UX design, and they accept the GI Bill. So this partnership makes perfect sense. And we were really excited to hear about this new partnership between Code Fellows and the Cayman Islands. Cayman Compass reports that Cayman Code Academy will now offer a cybersecurity course, which is sponsored by Cayman Enterprise City and powered by Code Fellows. 
This programming falls under the Enterprise Cayman Workforce Development Initiatives by Cayman Enterprise City. And to assist those impacted by COVID-19 this year, there is also a financial assistance fund to cover the cost of tuition. That is such a great example, like not only of a workforce development partnership, but also a collaboration with local government in the Cayman Islands. That's really cool to hear about. It's no surprise that the COVID-19 pandemic has intensified work, childcare, and housework pressures. However, women, especially women of color and mothers, are being particularly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. A recent Women in the Workplace study conducted by McKinsey in partnership with LeanIn.org found that as many as 2 million women are currently considering taking a leave of absence or leaving the workforce altogether due to the challenges the pandemic has presented. The study warns that the absence of so many women, again, that was 2 million considering leaving work, this many women leaving the workforce could set women back a half decade in terms of gender parity. Even though many workplaces have supported their employees this year with tools, resources, and sometimes expanded mental health and well-being services, the Women in the Workplace study illustrates how this isn't really enough. Employees, especially parents and caregivers, are now facing burnout due to companies upholding pre-pandemic expectations of business goals and projects. And it's not just the pandemic. Fast Company also covered a report in October from Girls Who Code about the reason that half of women who work in tech will leave the industry by age 35. And 37% of women interviewed cited inclusivity issues as the primary reason that they left the tech workforce. The report identifies a few ways that the tech industry can change in order to retain those 1.4 million young women who will be working in tech within the next decade. And those include supportive parental leave policies, promoting inclusive networking opportunities. And, you know, these policy and high-level corporate changes are needed here, but also you know, as more women join tech and are part of shaping that policy, it kind of lifts women across the board. So we're always super excited to read about scholarships that are funding more women to move into tech because it kind of, you know, helps that cycle. Um, So Jess, do you want to tell us about a couple of uh, scholarships that we read about this month? Yeah, so to help bring more women into the tech pipeline, Learning Fuse partnered up with fintech firm Be Smarty to launch a new scholarship and mentorship program for women. One applicant for the November 9th cohort will get this full scholarship and we'll be sure to include a link to it in the news roundup so that you can apply as well. Um, we've also included this scholarship in our roundup for coding bootcamp scholarships for women. So you can check that out too. And for the moms out there who are dreaming of making a career change into UX design this year, we heard of a flexible new 10-week bootcamp program called Are You Techie that grew out of this local Rally North Carolina meetup group, which is pretty cool. So um, we'll include the link to that one for more information as well. This month, we were excited to see news of a big tech company taking strides to increase diversity in the tech workforce. 
So in partnership with 2U and Norfolk University, which is historically a Black university, Netflix has launched its first ever virtual HBCU boot camp, which is a program for students and recent alumni from Norfolk State University. This 16-week program offers three tracks, so Java Engineering, UX, UI Design, and Data Science. And students of the bootcamp receive a Netflix scholarship to cover the cost of attendance, plus they receive course credit for completing the bootcamp. So cool. Right now, this is open to Norfolk State University students and alumni only, and the caveat is they must be pursuing or already have a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science, Math, or Electrical Engineering. Well, that sounds like a really cool sponsorship by Netflix, um, and hopefully they'll open that up to other majors or people from other universities in the future. Earlier this year, Morehouse College, which is also a historically Black men's college, partnered with Momentum to offer a 12-week coding boot camp that's known as Momentum at Morehouse. That program was supposed to be in person on campus, but like everything in 2020, had to move online this spring due to the pandemic. But moving online turned out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise because now Momentum at Morehouse is, you know, doing its online format and has been able to expand to accept students from well outside of Atlanta. That is so cool. Um, Technically, Baltimore did an excellent roundup of coding bootcamp programs that students in Baltimore can take advantage of right now. Included on the list are Coding Bootcamp's New Camp and the Coding Bootcamp at Johns Hopkins Engineering, plus eight more programs that sound perfect for coding newbies or for those just looking to upskill right now. So check out our roundup for the link. And Tech Republic published a piece this month about The Last Mile, which is an education and entrepreneurial program that teaches coding and software design in prison facilities across the U.S. in order to create career pathways for individuals who will re-enter society. I really liked how this Tech Republic article highlights the journey of a man who was incarcerated for 13 years after going to prison for crimes related to gang violence, and how the Last Mile program gave him that lifeline to be able to learn and land on his feet when he was eventually released from prison. Yeah, that Last Mile program is amazing, and they're really like very actively working to diversify the tech pipeline with really excellent candidates who may be passed over due to their past experiences. Um, we'll link to that article in our news roundup, so if you are looking for an inspiring read this week, definitely check it out. Goldie Blumenstick of the Chronicle of Higher Education posted a think piece that investigates the question, will this end up being a lost year for students educationally? So Goldie points out that while teaching and learning solely through an online platform has been a learning experience for all, um, some really good things are coming out of it for students and instructors alike. This includes creating curriculum and projects that respond to what's happening today, whether that's incorporating data from the pandemic or speaking to the racial reckoning that is 2020. Um, And it also includes crafting a curriculum that finds opportunities to teach students the skills employers are expecting from today's workforce. Yeah, Goldie points out that shaping a curriculum around employer needs can make some academics and, you know, college like curriculum folks 
skin crawl because um, they don't want to really think about like defining their academia around employers, what employers are telling them to do. But she also talks to Mary Marcy, who's the president of Dominican University in California. And they they partner with Make School in California as well. And she tells other universities, don't think of it as teaching a skill, but rather teaching the type of learning that employers find valuable. So Dominican, for example, has aligned with this coding bootcamp called Make School in San Francisco. They started that partnership a couple of years ago, and that relationship kind of began as a way for the coding students to get class credit and to get like the university's liberal arts curriculum with Dominican's accreditation. We hadn't heard an update about this partnership for a while, but Marcy says that in ways that Dominican did not anticipate, it became a way to infuse digital proficiency across disciplines. And the university also has a strong ethos of encouraging students to do internships and practicums in local government and community agencies. So all of those elements give students what Marcy calls, quote, a set of skills that are translatable to the world of work. This year at Course Report, we have definitely seen a rise in university and digital skills boot camps. But that Dominican Make School partnership is an example of true collaboration. If you're interested in how universities and boot camps can work together, definitely start there with that piece. Well, as far as completely new schools in the news, it was a little quiet this month, but we did read about three new campuses that you should definitely know about. First, Full Stack Academy has teamed up with the University of Illinois Chicago to offer live online coding and cybersecurity boot camps. Promeneo Tech has partnered with College of Southern Nevada to bring affordable coding boot camps to Southern Nevada. The first boot camp cohort starts on November 11th, so definitely reach out to them if you're interested in signing up. And up in Canada, Lighthouse Labs has partnered with Saskatchewan Polytechnic to bring their new boot camp programs in web development, data science, and data analytics to the region. We also added 10 new boot camps to the course report directory this month. Yes, we added Nashua Community College Coding Bootcamp and College of Southern Nevada Coding Bootcamp, which are both powered by Promineo Tech. You can find Old Dominion University Digital Skills Bootcamp, which is run by HackerU, and Santa Clara University Bootcamp, which is run by Quick Start, and our listings now too. And to wrap up our university boot camps, we also added Michigan State University Digital Skills Boot Camp, which is powered by Trilogy, and University of New Hampshire UXUI Design Boot Camp, which is powered by Springboard. We added the Product Growth Boot Camp, Growth X, and the Data Science Boot Camp, Aptis Learn, which are both based in India. And finally, you can now find Educocata in our listings, as well as TechSwitch, which both offer software development tracks. Well, to wrap up the podcast, we welcomed fall with a lot of really great pieces on the Course Report blog. So Jess, what was your favorite piece to actually work on and publish this month? I really enjoyed talking with Thinkful Data Analytics instructor Stephanie Jones about how Microsoft Excel is still used by data analysts today. 
Stephanie shared the pros and cons of using Excel. Spoiler alert, Excel has a serious limit on how much data you can cram into it. Um, and also the key features in Excel. If you're looking to make a career change into data, definitely check out this piece. Liz, what was your favorite piece this month? Well, I did love that Excel blog post. I mean, there are definitely limitations um, to the size of an amount of data you can use in Excel, but it's going to be around forever and it's still super powerful. Um, And my favorite piece to work on in October was this comparison between data engineering versus data science versus machine learning engineering. So Jonathan from Springboard, which is an online bootcamp that teaches all of those tracks, was our expert here. And he broke down those three career paths in data so clearly along with examples. Um, Jess, do you want to know how those three people would work on the same project? Definitely, yes. Okay, cool. So this is how Jonathan explained it to me. So let's say a bank wants to detect credit card fraud. That's the ultimate goal. So the data scientist would develop a model that theoretically can detect credit card transaction fraud at a bank. And then the machine learning engineer would then be responsible for deploying the model in real life and making sure that it can handle billions of transactions daily. And then finally, the data engineer would be responsible for ensuring that all of that transaction data that the bank handles is stored properly. And that is how all three of those roles would kind of work together in the workplace. Um, I thought it was a really clearly explained comparison um, and three really lucrative, like great career paths to go down if you want to get into data. And that does it for our October 2020 podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online bootcamp opportunities. And we'll see you next month on the November Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Yes, we'll see you in November. And we love feedback. So please email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving us a review. We will see you in November. Bye. Bye. <laughs>